It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast. I am here with Sam Ferris, NBA expert on Locked On NBA Draft. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Unfortunately, only one half of the draft dummies could make it today, but always (laughs) very excited to talk the NBA and specifically the draft. I think we are like a week and a half away now. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm super excited. I mean, we got everything, the NBA Finals, the draft, Olympics, so much going on right now. My co-host, J.D. Jackson, will not be able to be here today. Um, So I am missing my other half, just like you. Um, But uh, before we get started, I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to our sponsor, Spotify Greenroom. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our locked-on rooms. Uh, Spotify Greenroom is great right now. you got the NBA draft coming up and the finals. you got a lot of stuff to talk about in the room. So, uh, Sam, I just wanted to ask you – how, I know it's a grind doing the draft, and I definitely appreciate you guys, and I, I, I definitely respect the draft gurus as much as yourself. So how have you been enjoying this draft process, and how many hours have you been putting in uh, each day or each week? Oh, I I love it. So I don't know if I would consider it a grind for me because hmm. uh, I, I don't need to be paid to do it. It's something I just love to do, and I, I've done for a while now. Um, Yeah. I mean, when Cody and I started, uh, we were just two friends. We grew up together and we always talk basketball. We always watch basketball together. And so kind of when the pandemic started, we're like, do you just want to try to start a podcast? Because we have some more time. Let's just do it. And then it grew kind of more than we had anticipated. And so it's just something we love to do. Um, In terms of the hours that I put in, uh, yeah, I, pu- I put in a good amount of time for those that might follow our show or follow me on Twitter. You'll see I post thoughts. I post uh, clips, stats every day. Uh, it's a pretty constant thing. I'll put in, you know, multiple hours a day just going through whether it's the stats on Synergy, but, you know, mostly the film. Uh, there's a lot that goes into it. And it's not something that's kind of like a last minute race for us now that we're headed into the draft. It's it's more of a year-round thing, gathering information and watching the film. Definitely, definitely watch a lot of games. I know it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, anything involved with basketball is a lot of fun. Yep. So I definitely <laughs> understand. Um, so I, I just wanted to get your gauge on the Wizards. Um, a lot of people have different thoughts on the Wizards on where they are. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you watched a lot of Wizards basketball this year. Uh, we have Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill, two uh, all-stars, two all-NBA caliber players. So we're kind of a middle-of-the-pack team. So – if you were a general manager, would you be looking for – at pick 15, we have a 15th pick of the draft. We do not have a second-round pick. Yeah. Uh, would you be looking for immediate help at that pick or a best or best player available? Also, I just wanted to get a question as well. Uh, if you were the general manager, would you look to blow this team up or would you look to keep the team together, even though I know you're, you're a draft, yeah. draft expert? No, those are, those are good questions. It's, it's so hard because this team was so fun to watch second half of the year with the run they went on. 
it's always a tough sell to kind of blow things up. And I'm not sure exactly how much, obviously for Beal, you could get a huge package. For Westbrook, not quite as sure. But in terms of looking at the draft, pretty much I'm from the standpoint, regardless of where you are, you go best player available. And I think that you should never really expect a rookie to come in and, and contribute at a high level. It's very rare that that happens. Uh, we saw it with LaMelo last year, but it's just very rare that a rookie actually comes in and really contributes to winning basketball. Uh, so I just think it is a bit dangerous to say we're going to pick a guy that we really believe is going to come in and contribute at a high level year one. Uh, so I'm fine going with more of the long-term project, but whatever guy the team deems is the best player available is always the best uh, strategy in my opinion. Yes, it, it is interesting. You look at, look at history, the Pistons, they had the second pick of the draft, but you know, they had Tayshaun Prince, so they weren't going to take Carmelo. So they ended up taking Darko, yeah. which was the best fit. So it, it is a, it is a dilemma. The Washington Wizards definitely need immediate help with their pick if they do not trade it. I um, also wanted to ask you about the last couple of picks in the draft that we had. We picked Denny Avdia at the ninth pick out of Israel. Um, where did you have him on your board in last year's draft? And also, where would you where, where do you think he falls in this year's draft? Yeah, first I want to hit on the point you said, because I think it was really interesting, like with the Pistons. And, you know, when it comes to drafting for fit, like teams too often overrate their own assets and their own players and also underestimate how quickly rosters turn over. It just happens so quickly in today's NBA. And that's why drafting for fit, like it just isn't a good idea because one, your roster turns over that quickly and two, the rookie probably isn't going to even contribute year one. So it, it just doesn't make sense to, to kind of plan that way. Um, but to your question in terms of Denny, uh, I was a little bit lower than the consensus on him, but he did also then slide a little on draft night. So ninth, I think I had him kind of in the 10 to 14 range, if I remember correctly on my board. So kind of later lottery. So I might've been just a little bit lower than consensus, but not much. Um, this draft is at least now perceived to be better than last year's though everyone kind of thought last year's was pretty bad at the time, and it certainly looked a lot better than we expected. So, to, you know, to kind of be safer, I would say if Denny were in this draft, I'd say maybe in the 10 to 16 range is where I'd put him to be safe. Okay. And, and that's, that's kind of where Josh Giddy is going, where I don't, I don't know if you think they would be similar, but they both are playmaking point forwards that, are not really known for three-point shooting international guys. The Washington Wizards, we love. Yeah. Tommy Shepard loves international yeah. guys. Going back to Rui. Yep. Right, yeah. And that, that also brings me – and also, how, how, did you, how do you think Rui – I mean, how do you think Denny fits with Russ and Bill? Do you think that was the well, – do you think that was a good scenario for Denny to go into? Yeah, I mean, it sucked. I was watching the game live when he hurt his ankle. Mm -hmm. um, but – you know, you always want to see them get as much time as they can. But, you know, I, I always think it's good for rookies to have at least some veterans that they can play off of because we've seen at times where teams want to go full tank mode and they're throwing out, you know, three rookies, two second-year guys, and it's just tough for anyone to develop or anyone to look good because oftentimes they're playing in roles that are too great for themselves at a point in time. 
or they just don't really have the help out there to even kind of look like NBA players. And so, yeah, I think it's good to get a good mix of veterans and young guys so that the young guys can actually be put in situations to succeed. And so you can kind of get an idea of what role they might really fit into. So, uh, yeah, I like the mix that they had. And I'm I'm a big Daniel Gafford guy, too. So I'm excited to see how he continues to improve. Um, You know, just based on where the roster's at right now, there are certainly some interesting pieces. But again, like we said, I'd go best player available. You mentioned Josh Giddy. Like, I personally don't see that much overlap with Denny. I do view Giddy as more of a potential on-ball, you know, whether you view him as a primary or like a high-end secondary ball handler, whereas I view Denny more as like just a wing not that that's a bad thing. I just don't see him being that level of on-ball creator. Um, so I think you've kind of listened to some of our episodes. But for those that haven't, I view Josh Giddy as the fifth best prospect, actually, in this class. So if he's there at 15, to me, that's like the no-brainer. You, you go ahead and take Giddy regardless of fit. Oh, wow. Yeah, it looks like Denny, he was better when he had the basketball in his hands because okay. you know, Scott Brooks – put him in the corner. He wasn't really much of a shooter. And the fit was yeah. a little weird because, you know, Russell Westbrook's going to have the ball in his hand 99% yeah. of the time. For sure. Assist. So um, it, it, it was an interesting fit. I just wanted to quickly ask you about Rui as well. Where did you – do you remember where you had him ranked uh, in the 2019 draft? And where do you think he would fall in this year's draft? And also, do you think the, the Kawhi Leonard comparison is fair for Rui, Rui Hachimura? Um, no, but I don't think it's really fair to compare anyone to future Hall of Famers. Uh, you know, we talk about comparisons, we talk about ceilings and floors. And something that I always want to express is for every prospect, the floor is basically out of the NBA and the ceiling is, you know, an all star or Hall of Fame. Basically, what I'm saying is it's just so tough to evaluate these guys. Uh, Many more of them have lower floors than we'd like to say. Uh, I mean, every year we see guys that don't make it and just kind of fall out of the league. Uh, So just the range on these guys is way larger than we assume. Mm -hmm. But also the likelihood of hitting a Kawhi Leonard, he's like a once in a generation type find in the draft. I think he went, what, like 15th to, uh, you know, late lottery or mid first round. So the chances of that happening again are slim. Um, so I'm actually a big Gonzaga basketball fan. Cody and I, my co-host, are from Spokane. Uh, we liked Denny, but we were, again, not right, to be, right. not to be like all negative about all the Wizards prospects. Like I said, love Gafford, uh, love some of the pieces they have there. You know, I think Rui Hachimura has been a little bit better than I expected. To be honest, I did just think, in terms of his feel that he showed. It wasn't great, but he certainly has the physical tools. Um, You know, the jump shot, again, all the way up to the three-point line is kind of the question uh, with both he and Denny. Uh, So you hope at least one of the two can kind of figure that out to provide the necessary spacing. But I would group him in the similar range. I would say he'd probably go similar, like 10 to 16 range. Both of those guys did go back-to-back ninth picks in their respective drafts. Definitely. I'm with you. Kawhi Leonard is a tough, tough bill to live up to. <laughs> I, I get what they're saying because of the mid-range game and their, yep. you know, the they physical both, tools. And the yeah. physical tools, definitely, definitely. So um, 
But for the next segment, we're going to talk about potential fits at pick 15, and we're going to compare Corey Kispert versus Chris Duarte. But before we get into that, uh, this episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Uh, Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You can talk about the NBA, NHL, or even the NFL. You got the finals going on, you got the draft going on, a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, you'll find fans in there just like you on Green Room for watch parties, you can watch the finals, watch the NBA draft, a lot of debates, post game breakdowns. You can even find locked on hosts in there across the NBA, MLB, and NHL, and also the NFL. Go download the Green, Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NFL, MLB, NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join you all on the app. I'll be sure to know once the Locked On uh, Wizards room is live, down, you can download the Green Room app as soon as possible. Uh, it changes the way we talk sports. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, so, I, I just wanted to ask you, um, who do you think are some potential fits at pick 15? Uh, we did hire Wes Unsell Jr. Um, last week. So it's, it's changing the, the trajectory of the team or the mindset. Um, last year, we were more of an offensive team. This year, we're a defensive team. We're looking for three and D guys. So who do you think yeah. will fit the Wizards at pick 15? In terms of, you know, guys that can space the ball, you know, out to the three-point line, because like we talked about, that's something that the Wizards and all teams need. Um, Moses Moody is a guy that I'm really high on. I have him as the sixth best prospect in this class. I, you know, you'll see him lower on consensus mocks, but I have a really hard time believing that he's still there at 15. I don't know. What are your thoughts there? Do you think there's I, any chance? I don't, I don't think you. so. I'm with you. I don't think so either. Uh, I yeah. know the Warriors like him a lot. Uh, yeah. He's 6'9 and has long arms, like a seven foot windspan or something like that. Seven, there was yeah, one seven yeah, foot. Seven feet. There was one game, I was looking at the numbers where he went three, four, 16 from the field, which is bad, but he shot yeah. 19 free throws in that game. I mean, that's yeah. just incredible. His, <laughs> his, his, his ability to create and get to the free throw line, because a lot of people say the knock on him is athleticism. I get that. Yep. His comparison is Chris Middleton and, and other guys like that. But I think he's a little bit more athletic than what people give him credit for. Same thing with Corey Kisper. I think Corey Kisper is a little more athletic than what people think he is. I don't think he's like, you know, Davies Bertans, where Davies Bertans doesn't go into the paint. I think Corey Kisper actually goes into the paint. Same thing with Moses Moody. I think both those guys uh, bring a little bit more than just a stationary three-point shooter. That's why I think yeah. Moses Moody is going to go higher than 15. So that is the dream for the Washington Wizards. I would love yeah. for him to fall to 15. Yeah. One more point on that, because that's really interesting. So I was reading today, I saw a tweet where there was like an old excerpt from a scouting report on Clay Thompson. And it talked about how he's got a high floor, but a low ceiling because he's not that athletic and he's already really developed. And it's like, well, <laughs> that was not true. And it sounded almost like that could be 
the same scouting report for Moses Moody. And something that I like to harp on is oftentimes we just equate upside or potential to athleticism. And, and that's just not necessarily the case. I mean, great skill level can also lead to high end upside too. And especially for a guy like Moses Moody, where he was the best player, in my opinion, on an elite eight team as a freshman and led them in scoring. And he did all that without really even pushing the envelope that much offensively. Like to me, there's more to his game, but to just say that because he's not that athletic, like his ceiling isn't that high to me, that's really not accurate. And I think we've seen that in the past too. So I'm really hesitant to put like a cap on him. I think, I think there's real upside there, but in terms of the base of a good player, a smart player, good defender, who's going to shoot the ball to me, that's exactly what the wizards could use. Again, we can move on to somebody else though, because I just don't really think he's going to be there at at 15. What are you thinking about Chris Duarte? Because we brought him, we brought him in for a private workout. He's the only player so far that we've had a solo workout. I just heard, I want to say from Shams that he did get invited to the NBA green room. So uh, what are you, what are you, what are your thoughts on him? How, how would he fit with the Washington Wizards? Yeah. So we have to start with the fact that he is 24 years old. So I naturally do slide the older guys down the board a little. We've seen, you know, the wizards are picking outside of the lottery, but you look at past history of older guys selected in the lottery. Obviously there are some that live up to the billing and produce that kind of value, but it just tends to not be the case. But On the flip side of that coin, I I really like Duarte as a prospect, regardless of the age. He's a guy, going back last year, that I liked more than consensus, was one of my favorite returners. The funny thing is, I I know you wanted to kind of compare him to Kispert. Mm -hmm. You know, I would say Kispert's a better shooter, but the funny thing is, if you actually look at the numbers, Duarte shot it better last year. Uh, He shot a ridiculous amount from the field in terms of both volume and efficiency. Uh, He is a bit more athletic than Kispert. I trust him more defensively. And in terms of, you know, not that you're going to make either guy a point guard or primary ball handler by any means, but in terms of the ability on the ball to, you know, attack a closeout, hit a pull-up jump shot, Duarte there certainly has the advantage over Kispert. But Uh, The main thing that differentiates them to me is the defense where Duarte is, he's tough. Uh, I I really like him there. I've said I'm fine taking him outside of the lottery. 15 would be the high end for me again, just because he's already 24 years old. Yeah. Yeah. He was all Pac-12 defensive team, average 1.7 steals per game. So he's always been scrappy. Just his his background coming in from, coming from the Dominican Republic. Uh, once again, Tommy Shepard loves international players. I did some research on him. He's, he was yeah. also NCAA International Player of the Year. So it would be Rui, Denny, <laughs> and then uh, Duarte back-to-back-to-back international yeah. guys. Um, so I wanted to ask, who is a player that could be a reach um, that's kind of projected? Duarte, would, I guess, would kind of be – not really a reach because now he's invited to the NBA green room. But who's a prospect that's probably in the late 20s, like a – uh, Cody Kessler, or Kessler Edwards, Bone High, Bones Highland, Trey Murphy. Um, who are some later picks that you that that would be that if somebody picked them at fifteen, it was a late round pick, kind of like a Cam Johnson. Who do you think mm-hmm. that player could be this year? So someone kind of 
that's projected to go later, but I could, you know, I could see it being realistic that they end up going higher than we expect. Uh, so one to me would be JT Thor, who has risen just lately in terms of the workouts. He's gotten rave reviews. He is another guy that I am much higher than the consensus. I actually have him as the 10th best prospect in this class. Uh, you know, to me, he's probably a four in the NBA. So you could argue there's some overlap with Hachimura in, in Avdia, but very athletic. He measured at 6'10 with a seven foot three plus wingspan. And he has a very versatile jump shot too. Uh, only shot 29%. But if I had to place a bet on one guy that ends up shooting much better than their percentages indicated, it'd be him. So you talk about like just a hand in glove fit in the modern NBA with the length, the athleticism and the jump shot. I think he's got a ton of tools and upside there. He's projected to go late first, but I think he's actually moved up kind of into this range we're talking about lately. Definitely. JT Thor is probably one of the few guys I haven't gotten to yet. Mm -hmm. um, I did watch your guy, Sharif Cooper. Yeah. Uh, how do you, how do you, because I know you, you rated him number eight in the big board. Yeah, um, a lot of people have him projected, you know, going late, later rounds. What's your what's your thoughts on him, and why did you have him above uh, guys like uh, Corey Kispert and Keon Johnson and some other guys that are projected lottery picks? Yep. So to me, outside of the top ten, if you're looking for more of an on-ball creator type guy, there's two guys I'd look at. Well, one of them's Giddy. We talked about him. The other two are you. You mentioned Sharif Cooper you know, probably the guy that I'm highest on compared to the consensus. And then the other is Trey Mann. I'm not sure if you've gotten to see much of him yet. I like him a lot out of Florida. Yeah, I like him. Yep. But Sharif Cooper, to me, the first thing you've got to look at with prospects is, did they have something that you just cannot teach? And with him, his handle, he's going to come into the league and have an elite handle. But then the number one thing is his vision is, it is ridiculous. He is a, a special just preternatural passer, you know, kind of like a Lamelo that we saw last year. Obviously, he doesn't have that size, right? That's the knock is he is six feet tall. Uh, the jump shot is a question mark. But, man, like the numbers on him, he had the NCAA issues where he had to sit out like the first half of the year. But he comes in and automatically just boosts that Auburn offense. And if you look at the numbers, it's pretty crazy because – his usage rate as a freshman was higher than anybody's ever, except for Trey Young at Oklahoma. And his assist rate is the highest a freshman has ever posted. Uh, he, he's just an electric passer, electric on ball, super quick. So if you're wanting to gamble on somebody outside of the top 10 to end up being a very good point guard, on ball guy in the NBA, I really like Sharif Cooper. Yeah, I like him too. Um... Every time I watched him play, it was like a hoop mixtape, uh, high school tape. I mean, <laughs> yep. the moves that he put on, it was like almost like Harlem Globetrotter stuff. The shooting is a concern, and he got to the free throw For line sure. a lot, just like Moses Moody. I mean, the guy yep. creates body contact. He's, how tall is he, 6'3 at the most? No, he, he's six foot. So six, that's the wow, question. Yeah. He's like Chris Paul's size. So right. it's the shooting and the size. Uh, but like you said, too, like the finishing is a question mark, but he got to the line so much mm -hmm. that that kind of does – you know, uh, reduce some of my worry in terms of the finishing, but he is going to have to shoot because guys are going to go under screens on him. 
if it, like if he does shoot, to me, he probably returns top six or seven value in this class. Right. All right. Coming up next, I want to ask you um, about the defenders in the draft class that you think that could help. Also, uh, some of the bigs. And the Wizards don't have a second-round pick, so if we do trade something for a second-round pick or cash considerations for a second-round pick, I wanted to get into some of those prospects. But before we do, I just want to talk about Built Bar. Um, did you know, did you guys know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? Uh, which one is your favorite, Sam? Um, so I'm kind of a berry guy, so I like Cherry Barcia and Raspberry. Those are my two favorites. <laughs> uh, I like Cookies and Cream, Double Chocolate. They do have Mint Brownie. Um, so if you guys haven't tried it, you guys are definitely missing out. Um, strawberry is pretty good as well. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can also get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're also healthy as well. Check out the macros. They have only 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from only 130 to 180 and only four to five grams of sugar. And also only four to five grams of net cars. They have amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Um, order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to built.com and use promo, promo code LOCK15. And you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Remember, it's LOCK15. Uh, and let's hear from Rock Auto as well. Uh, you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. They have everything you can need, brake parts, tail lamps, and motor oil, and even new carpet. I always go there to get my oil changes. It's quick and easy, quick and fast, and they get you in and out. Go explore their easy-to-use website today. Find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear in, in the in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you this episode is brought to you by rock rock auto um, they have a reliably low places low prices all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com all right so we did bring in Wes Unsell Jr., he is a defensive-minded head coach. Who are some of the defenders that you can see the Washington Wizards going after or defensive-minded players at pick 15? Yeah, another one that I would probably bet against making it to 15 would be Franz Wagner. Um, you know, some people might equate him to his brother, Mo, that came into the league a couple of years ago, but that's, that's not the case. Franz Wagner, to me, is actually a defensive first prospect uh, another guy that I view as kind of a four, so might be some overlap with the Wizards, but very good defensive prospect. Uh, his switch just doesn't turn off defensively. Very high IQ, and he's huge too, like 6'10", but can really play out on the perimeter. And then one other guy that I'm, again, really high on, uh, have him as a top 15 guy on my board. If you want to talk about bigs, to me, the second best big in this class, Isaiah Jackson. He is a freak athlete. Uh, the analytical numbers loved him at Kentucky, but played for a pretty disappointing team at Kentucky last year. Uh, but yeah, a freak athlete. Um, got a ton of defensive potential. His block and steal rate numbers were fantastic, and the film pops too. So yeah, very high on, on both those guys. Isaiah Jackson is super bouncy. I mean, yeah. he's 6'10", and he can jump. He can get off so quickly. I mean, having him and Gafford on the same team would just be too 
yeah. super athletic bigs. Uh, what, what do you think about Kai Jones? And then did you mention Usman Garuba as well? No, I haven't yet, but that, that's a mistake because to me, the guy with the highest defensive upside in the class is Evan Mobley. Okay. But the best defender right now is Usman Garuba. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's a guy that's been playing for a high level overseas for Real Madrid on one of the best teams outside of the NBA. Uh, been playing in high levels, you know, in their playoffs. So he can come in and contribute right away. Uh, the question with him is just what will he be able to do outside of just kind of spot up from the corner offensively? But he's got the sim he's got similar physical tools actually to Paul Millsop coming into the league. A guy mm-hmm. that is very versatile defensively, can switch positions and can provide some kind of weak side rim protection as well. So yeah, if the Wizards went that direction, that would be fantastic too. And then Kai Jones, you mentioned, is another big. To me, he is one of the bigger boomer busts in this class where his speed and his like coordination at his size are pretty ridiculous. They're pretty special. But the production and the consistency really hasn't been there. He, he did pick up basketball a little bit later in life. Um, there are some kind of similarities to like a Christian Wood if you want to draw a comparison. But I do have him just a little bit lower just because if you go – like, if you just watch the highlight reel on him, yeah, it pops. Like, if you only watch the highlights, you'll have him top 10. But if you go back and really watch every game, to me, there is just a lot of uh, a lot of inconsistency certainly mixed in with the highlights. And I'm just not convinced that at least the first couple of years he's going to really impact winning in a positive way. Yeah, I've seen that as well, where he's he's locked in and he's engaged and he's getting up off the floor. He's a super bouncy uh, big man as well. And he actually can shoot the three. Like, he has good form, but you can kind of tell that there's some plays where it's like, where is he going? You know, he's fumbling mm-hmm. the ball. He's, you know, going into no man's land. So he will be an interesting pick. Personally, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be mad if the Wizards got him at 15, but that would be a pick where you have to wait, you know, two to three years to really – see where that's it's like that with a lot of rookies anyway but I don't think he would be a guy that would would be able to provide immediate help um but I I did want to ask you about some of these uh workout the guys that the Washington Wizards have uh had in for a workout um and also Trey Trey Murphy that's a guy that I really like but we we haven't we haven't interviewed him or had him in for a workout but I I did just want to get a quick evaluation about Trey Murphy yeah he's been a guy that you know, listening to reports, he's moved up. You know, I, I really like him too because he can shoot it, he can defend, and he's big. So he's a guy that's going to be able to come in, guard. I think he's going to be able to switch positions, at least guard two through four at a pretty high level. Um, if you want to draw comparisons, I, I'm not one to make comparisons for everyone, but think maybe like a Robert Covington-ish okay. player. Uh I don't know how much else he's going to provide offensively, but he shoots it really well. So if you can guarantee me that he shoots and he can guard multiple positions well, that's that's good value to get at 15. Right. Okay, so these are the players that we did bring in. We already talked about Chris Duarte. He did a solo workout. Uh, we did talk about Trey Mann from Florida, who I really like as well. I like both of those guys. Uh, mm-hmm. I just wanted to get a quick breakdown about um, – I know it's going to be a lot, but Jalen Johnson – Zaire Williams from Stanford. Jalen Johnson is very polarizing. Isaiah Todd, uh, Io DeSumo, 
um, Josh Christopher and Jaden Springer. If we could, if you could just give a quick synopsis over those guys, and then we'll probably probably wrap up after that. Yep. I know there's so many names, but yeah. we just <laughs> my memory before. isn't that good, so you'll yeah, have to so, remind me halfway right. through. Yeah, Jalen Johnson was the first, and he would be my favorite out of that group. Um, ninth best prospect on my board. He is a big wing. He's six foot nine, very athletic. And he is, he's got great feel too. He's a special passer, especially thrives in transition. There have been some questions in terms of just off the court intangible like things. And the production was up and down at Duke, but, and he, you know, he left the team midway through the season for personal reasons, which is kind of uh, stem to some of these personal questions people have. And that's why people are up and down on him. But yeah, I, in terms of just the talent level, he's a top 10 talent in this class. So if he makes it to 15, I say go ahead and pull the trigger there. Um, uh, who else was – who was next? Sorry. Zaire Williams. Uh, Zaire right. Williams. Yep, yeah. Zaire Williams. So Zaire Williams is – you're, you're rolling the dice on upside with him. He was a very good high school player. Like coming into this year, I had him as like a top seven pick. But he, he just had a really rough year at Stanford. Uh, Stanford was hit especially hard with COVID stuff. They were on the road the whole time. And he had some personal issues he was dealing with just inside of his family. I think had some deaths in the family. So it's understandable he struggled. But he really, really struggled at Stanford. He might be, he might be one of the weakest just in terms of physical strength prospects I've ever evaluated. So he's not a guy that's going to come in and contribute. I think he'd play in the G League his rookie year. But he can really shoot it. He can create space off the bounces, 6'10". Uh, that's, that's his main skill. You'll see him take step back jump shots at 6'10 that, that really stand out to you. And that's why, that's why he's viewed as the prospect he is. But I, I do think he's going to have to play in the G League. Yeah, I've seen that as well. Uh, I did see he had a triple-double at Stanford, so he's really good off the pick-and-roll as well. He can pass. Uh, mm -hmm. the shooting percentages weren't really good, 29% from three, but he did shoot well from the free-throw line, but he has to get in the weight room. Uh, yeah. How about Isaiah Todd from the G League Ignite, and he is also from Baltimore, Maryland, so he would be a local guy. Yeah, so I think he boosted his stock a little playing for the Ignite this year. He He's a long big, but he's actually a really good shooter, or at least that's kind of – the projection on him again, very young. He's going to go second round unless someone really reaches for him end of the first. So not a guy that I would expect to contribute year one, maybe not even year two, but if he can develop mature, like he, he could be a special shooter for a big, he can shoot even like post fadeaways. He can shoot, you know, some type of movement threes. So that skill set is intriguing, but he's not a guy that I would expect to go first half of the first round. Okay. And how about Jaden Springer? He just came in for a workout. So Jaden Springer is a guy that I would really consider in this range. He is, you know, different from the last few guys we've talked about. He is very strong. He, um, he's pretty mature physically. He can also shoot it. He put up really good numbers as a freshman at Tennessee. Um, the question kind of with him is it's a different evaluation because you're kind of balancing the numbers and the analytics that looked good. But to me, some of the tape didn't quite match up to that. He's a guy that only plays off of two feet. It's kind of weird. Anytime you watch him, he doesn't get to the rim that often because he, he can only jump off two feet 
which is kind of similar to what Donovan Mitchell was like in college. And it's something you can work on. So it's kind of a little bit of an odd weakness that he has there, but it really sticks out on the film. Um, He's also more of like a wing than a guard, but he's only 6'4". So he is kind of an odd fit, but the skill set is really good. So if you're fine to kind of work with him, uh, improve on some of those weaknesses, to me, he'd be very good value at 15. I noticed that as well. Uh, and the last two guys is Josh Christopher and Ayo Dusumu out of Illinois. Uh, we did have those guys work out together. Okay. So those guys I wouldn't really put in terms of the range at 15. I think there's going to be better prospects. But they're, you know, Josh Christopher was a freshman at Arizona State, another guy that was pretty highly touted coming out of high school. Uh, very good athlete. He is he's more of a tough shot taker, tough shot maker, a guy that likes to create his own in the mid-range. But he's still very questionable in terms of just the catch and shoot from three and in terms of just kind of his feel and ability to contribute to winning basketball. So, again, not a guy that I'd consider as a guy that's going to come in and contribute year one. But if he's a guy maybe the Wizards somehow can trade into the second round and get and kind of uh, just bank on some upside, play him in the G League for a year, then that would be intriguing. Very good athlete at six foot five. Yeah, I, I see a lot of Nick Young and Josh Christopher. Is that good? Yeah, right <laughs> that's a good comp. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. And last one, if we do uh, decide to trade cash considerations for a second round pick, who in the second round do you think would pop? For the Wizards. Good question. Um, so BJ Boston is another one I'll mention. He's kind of in this same vein of high school players. I had him top three on my board coming out. I, again, a guy that struggled playing for a bad Kentucky team this year and the numbers weren't great, but he's got the baseline of skill. You know, if you want to value his high school tape more than college and bank on that upside, he's a guy that could certainly return more value than we would anticipate. Um, If you want to go for a guy that uh, has a little more experience under his belt, I love Miles McBride out of West Virginia. Mm -hmm. He is a, he's a physical athletic point guard, kind of what you'd think of the typical West Virginia point guard, but even more athletic and more skilled offensively, he can shoot. And he's also got a really nice, uh, you know, mid range pull up. Maybe Westbrook could (laughs) kind of help him fine tune that that skill but very energetic, very athletic. Uh, He's produced really well through two years at West Virginia. If he slides into the second round, he's a guy I'd be trying to trade to get a pick to draft. Definitely. I I like Miles McBride a lot, you know, playing with Bob Huggins. So, you know, he has that grit. He can lock in defensively. Uh, He's a guy that might, might slip into the first round. So, that would yeah. be interesting. Um, I think Herbert Jones at Alabama, he might be in the second round. So that's somebody that they could probably steal yeah. um, out there. So, but Sam, I definitely want to thank you for coming on um, before we head out. I know you're definitely gonna be a part of this. Uh, this next week, we have the ultimate mock draft to 2021 presented by locked on and Odyssey featuring analysts from the goat of NBA mock drafts, Chad Ford and Odyssey NBA experts, Brian Scalabrini, a former, former, General Manager Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. And it's A-U-D-A-C-Y. So I can't wait for the draft. I'm really 
appreciate you for coming on. I hope you I hope the viewers, I hope you guys learned a lot about these prospects. And uh, Sam, where, where can they find you on Twitter and, and on Locked On NBA Draft? Yeah, so we are on the Locked On NBA Draft channel. If you just search that wherever you get your podcast, uh, Cody and I host every Wednesday, but also the other hosts are awesome. So would encourage you, especially over the next 10 days, we're gearing up to the draft. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun to listen to. And then on Twitter, you can follow me at Draft Dummies. Uh, like I said at the beginning, I'm posting clips, posting stats, posting my thoughts, uh, especially even more just kind of heavy over the next week and a half. Uh, finally, leading up to the draft, this is, you know, uh, we do all this work for, you know, these this month. Uh, so we're doing a lot of mocks, scouting reports, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely. I appreciate you. And you can find me on Twitter at Ed2Flat. Um, it's, it's, I, I made my Twitter name when I was in high school, so don't <laughs> mind the name. But uh, make sure you guys subscribe and uh, give us a good rating on, on iTunes. So uh, once again, thank you, Sam. You guys have a good one and peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.